0: Welcome back to another episode of RJ Rewind, the show where we hit that rewind button on our alumni's journeys and break it down. No two journeys are ever the same and every journey deserves to be heard. We're your host, Andy Tran and Wong. Did it work? It worked. <laughs> Oh my god. I guess you can say this is our holiday episode.
1: I guess so. I mean we are technically going to be releasing this at the end of the year in December. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So I guess we'll start what saying on behalf of all of RJA, happy holidays to everybody. Hope everyone is staying safe. Hope everyone is spending some quality time with their families. I know not all, but you know, we'll make do.
1: Yeah, you know, we'll we'll yeah. adapt as we usually do. Um yeah.
0: Yeah so it's been a while since we've chatted. Um, Yeah for those who are watching I think uh, they can notice that Chantel is in a different background.
1: Yeah I was thinking about this this morning and I was like on the podcast I've probably been in like three different backgrounds. This is my um, bedroom in Vancouver so I'm also back home for the holidays so it looks a little different for anyone who's on video.
0: Yeah, and just for um to let everyone know, Chantel got there safely. She flew I out did. there. She flew out there before the government um reinstated the travel advisory and all the restrictions.
1: Um, I did indeed. Um, and then I'll be traveling back ideally way after, um, like the holidays and everything. So hopefully that'll avoid anything.
0: Hopefully, um, and I guess that leads into one of our first updates yes. that will affect you. Yay. <laughs> uh so um if you've been living under a rock you probably don't know which honestly i would want to live under a rock right now because the world is burning right now (laughs) but in-person classes at has been postponed to january 31st 2022
1: yeah so they i think released the news last week um I think a lot of schools were already going to push yeah. their online classes until later i know we're one i believe york pushed it to around the same time queens pushed it to march so a lot march. of universities I didn't yeah that. oh my yeah, god a lot of universities are pushing their in-person classes um out west i think a lot of classes were already in person so it'll be interesting to see what happens next for sure
0: yeah So just a little setback, but we'll all be together soon.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah,
0: hope so, hopefully. All right, and then the next one on the list, golf tournament.
1: Yeah, so we have um, postponed our 25th annual golf tournament for a couple years now, obviously (laughs) due to COVID, but ideally in the new year, we are able to do this 25th golf tournament so definitely keep an eye out for updates in terms of save the dates and where that will all be
0: yeah and then um I guess we'll end these updates on a brighter note
1: 2022
0: new year as well it's the 70th anniversary of the HTM program at Ryerson
1: yeah so the HTM program at Ryerson is I believe one of the oldest if not the oldest program um Mm. so in 2022 they're going to be hosting uh the 70th anniversary so for any alumni industry guests uh professionals out there definitely keep your eye out for something uh, along those lines in may i think yeah
0: yeah 70 years that's
1: it's a long time
0: wow yeah so does that make us probably the oldest alumni association or even i guess the biggest alumni association oh
1: I mean, I would like to argue we're one of the most active. Um, For sure. <laughs> but that's a really good question. I feel like we must be one of the oldest if we are also one of the oldest programs.
0: I would say the biggest, because 70 years worth of alumni. That's
1: that's a lot. That's
0: a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's in the news, the HTM news? So I had a story um, from BlockTO, good old BlockTO. Um, so the government, Ontario government, is making it cheaper for restaurants and bars to purchase alcohol. So from the article, um, what they're doing is that they're lowering the uh, wholesale rates that restaurants have to pay, the LCBO, um, um, for um, liquor and stuff. So that amounts to about 20% of annual savings. Um, As well, they're freezing their um, beer tax rates, which were expected to go up sometime this year or next year. Um, as well as they are also um, offering uh, curbside pickup for um, or allowing grocers to do curbside pickup uh, for uh, booze um, and also um, making the licensing and license renewal process easier for establishment so they can get a license or renew the license and start serving alcohol. So um, my question for you is pretty simple is like, do you think this is an effective? um solution for, you know, restaurants in these trying times.
1: I mean, I certainly think it's a solution I personally probably wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. Um in the sense that a lot of restaurants and establishments are definitely hurting. And a 20% or what or what did you say that a 20%
0: 20% annual savings is which, a lot of savings. Yeah. Because I think it says they equate to like 60 million annual in yeah, annual savings,
1: which is a lot because I mean profit margins for restaurants can sometimes be pretty small, so um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I do think it was interesting that uh, there wasn't already curbside pickup for alcohol, especially because mm-hmm. a lot of grocery stores do carry alcohol usually. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that this was put in place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. My here, here's the thing. Two things for me. Um. Okay. Since Talking as a guest, as a patron of bars and restaurants, since prices of booze is cheaper, does that mean drinks will be cheaper for us?
1: I'm going to go with (laughs) (laughs) likely not.
0: Probably not. Okay. And the second thing, because they're making it easier or streamlining, that's where they use for licensing Mm -hmm. and renewal, the licensing and renewal process. So that means more establishments will be able to get a license quicker. Or more people will be uh, enticed to get a license or, like, you know, open a restaurant or a bar. So that means more restaurants and bars will pop up. So that's just taking away, you know, the business from, like, the existing restaurants. So, like, does that really equate to savings or, you know, if they're losing revenue
1: I mean, it's definitely an interesting theory, right? But yeah. you could also argue that with the pop up of more restaurants, it could be argued that more people would actually go out. Yeah. Um. So I don't really know. I guess it would be kind of hard to predict. I mean, I would love to hear from like a restaurant tour yeah. side how they feel about it.
0: Damn! Did I just talk about supply and demand?
1: Damn. I think you did just talk about supply and demand. We really yeah, used my our economics econ prof fast. will be
0: so proud. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. And then, uh, you had a story to bring up as well.
1: I did. So, um, I was reading, I guess the Ottawa news, although I don't think this is particular to Ottawa, um, that there's kind of been a rise of restaurant robots. Um, and we kind of learned about this even in our, I think, service and professionalism class in first year, how tech is kind of replacing humans. Mm -hmm. So if you've seen it on people's like Instagram stories, um, I think usually it's like sushi or like hot pot that I've seen it at, Um, definitely more like Asian orientated uh, restaurants where it's like a little cart that just wheels around the restaurant on its own and it has like a cat-like face on its screen Um, and you just like tap it when you like get your food and then it'll just like zoom off. Um, But there's definitely been a rise in these robot servers and it's definitely a novelty because you see it on everyone's Instagram stories. Yeah but the question is 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 this one is this like an effective way to i guess kind of reduce the spread of covid because obviously the robot mm-hmm. is not a person um and two is this like a good thing or a bad thing
0: so good and bad i think the good mm-hmm. is the the human interaction you know so like in these you know covid times it is limiting um the chances of you getting exposed if you so choose to go out and, you know, dine in. The bad is that it's kind of taking away jobs within the service industry and hospitality in general.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, this is where I also struggle because I think the novelty of it is great and arguably it could make the restaurant more efficient, but I would only hope that it's making it more efficient if it's not replacing
0: people. and here's the thing. Also, logistically... Do you tip the robot?
1: <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Well, see my, my like, personal experience in these robot servers is that the person will like come over and like serve it from the robot. So it's like half and half, or I've been to a place where the robot just like comes and you just unload it yourself. So it's a bit varying, I think per restaurant.
0: So, oh, so it's it's not like taking away that, that human element just yet it's still kind of like a hybrid
1: i think it's in its hybrid stage i would say like possibly in the future it could take away that human element i wouldn't be surprised if it did i just hope it doesn't because we're already at a need of um you know humans in the hospitality industry yeah.
0: if a server is like serving with the robot i just can't help but think like <laughs> is the server tipping out the robot at the end of the night <laughs>
1: I mean it's a pretty adorable robot it's literally like it just has a cat like face like it's so cute but it it also is i don't know it's interesting i think to see how that will change the next couple of years
0: yeah for sure everything is getting uh automated it's true What's robots, uh, robots are taking over like I think with COVID, even like the rise of like self-checkouts, stores I would never thought would have self-checkouts are now offering that
1: I as know. Well. I went to Costco the other day and there, and there were self-checkouts. Well, yeah. it was also very strange because again, they were in this hybrid format where it was a self-checkout, but they had a staff standing at the self-checkout, like every single checkout, which was yeah. very strange. I don't... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's just to check the membership, but...
1: Probably, yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways anyways that wraps up the news portion of uh this intro uh but up next um our next guest for i guess you can also say the last episode of 2021 wow, yeah, um that's true. yeah uh is our um our friend sarah abdullah
1: yay i'm super yeah. excited um she um, definitely brings on a very interesting perspective mm-hmm. so i think everyone will enjoy yeah. listening to her
0: yeah so she graduated um alongside my my year 2020 um And it's exciting because she's also our first international student to be on the podcast. Yeah, That's so she's um, she's currently back in Dubai, um, thriving. Uh, she's currently working for Expo 2020 Dubai. Um, yeah, and it's a really interesting story. So yeah, without further ado, get ready because we're about to hit that rewind button with Zara Abdullah. Growing up in Dubai with a large extended family. Extravagant weddings and parties were no stranger to Zara Abdullah. With their family presenting her the opportunity to dabble in event planning, the hospitality and tourism seed was planted at a very young age. When it came time to choose an undergraduate program, her research led her to the Ted Rogers School of Hospitality and Tourism Management. With family ties in Toronto, the decision could not have been easier, and so in 2016, her HTM journey began. During her time at Ryerson, Zara made her biggest impact on the Ryerson Hospitality and Tourism Student Society, having served as an event director in 2018 and president in 2019. Outside of school, Zara made strides in the Toronto hospitality scene, taking up various positions at the Toronto Christmas Market, Toronto International Film Festival, as well as working as a freelance fashion and entertainment event planner. As an international student, it was advised that she return home in March 2020 as the pandemic rolled through officially cutting her time in Toronto short. After graduating in April 2020, there was no rest on Zara's schedule as she jumped back into school at the Emirates Academy of Hospitality Management in September 2020, earning her MBA in International Hospitality Management. Currently, Zara works as the Leadership Protocol Coordinator for Expo 2020 Dubai, overseeing the hospitality aspects of the Leadership Pavilion. Being the youngest member on the Expo 2020 team, Zara is representing the Ryerson HTM program on an international scale. Though, according to her, her time in Toronto may not be done just yet. Hear her journey and more as we hit Rewind with Zara Abdullah. Alright, guys, please welcome onto RHA Rewind, all the way from Dubai. Zara Abdullah.
2: Hi, guys. Hi. How,
0: <laughs> How you been?
2: been? All good. All good. Living life.
0: Yeah. We're so excited to have you on the show because you're the first international student, international mm-hmm. alumni that we've interviewed. Yeah. So this should be really interesting.
1: It's also just fun. For it's me. also just fun. These are like two of the first people that I met uh, <laughs> during my time at Ryerson. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's kind of like yeah, a friends catch up episode,
2: a little, bit, a
1: little bit, just a little bit.
0: Okay. So we start off with every show by asking every guest, because this is RHA, RHA Rewind. So we hit that rewind button. So what made you want to study hospitality and specifically, what made you want to go halfway across the world here in Toronto to do that?
2: Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so actually when I was uh, a kid, um, I had a lot of weddings in the family, and I really enjoyed getting involved with stuff like that. So because my family was so generous with allowing me to, you know, explore and do like any sort of event planning situation within those weddings, I really discovered a love for events. And so when I it came time to decide what I wanted to do, the only thing I could think of was I just want to do events so at first i was like okay we're gonna go into business management and we're gonna maybe try out the entrepreneurship route and i was like not satisfied with that at all um so i i looked into the the full list and for some reason it just clicked i saw hospitality and i was like that's what i want to do so i can't even say that it was like a lifelong dream or anything to go into hospitality and tourism I was just scrolling through that list and it clicked immediately. And the problem is I had tried already so hard to get into business management. that so when I called up um, the student recruiter and I was like, hey, might, might just change. I just got uh, approved to come in. And she was like, girl. And then she was like, you know what? Just transfer over, over your transcript and we can absolutely get that started for you. So that's how it happened. Wow.
1: I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that you were originally thinking business first yeah. yeah can you imagine me?
0: Business still at ryerson yeah
1: yeah at ryerson i still could see you in business management i could see you thriving in business management oh,
2: thank you i don't think it's my vibe but thank you <laughs>
1: um
2: so you're at
1: ryerson and yes. you got involved in a few different things yes. uh mainly RHTSS, so the Ryerson Hospitality and Tourism Student Society, and you started out as a director of events, um, and this was before I met you, so talk us
2: through that. What made you want to join? Why did you join? Mm -hmm. So when I first joined Ryerson, obviously I was coming all the way from Dubai. I didn't know anyone at all, except for my sister who came with me, and I was like, maybe we're going to branch out away from that, and with the hours that we had to complete, I was really know, looking for any potential uh, opening for that. And as I was trying to explore Toronto myself, trying to get to see all those opportunities, I realized it wasn't working, that I was just there free floating. Um, So I actually happened to just meet Samantha, uh, who spoke very, very briefly about RHTSS and having been only to one of their events. And that really, struck a chord with me Uh, and while i was still in first year i didn't get involved at all Uh, but the second year i went to my first rhtss event which was the conference in february and from that moment on i was like next year i'm gonna plan it it just again just to hit me at that moment i was like next year i'm going to plan this conference so i got more involved and i so got you manifested know- that, pretty <laughs> I really did. like i, I it's not even a that. oh
0: maybe i will it's no i'm, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Yeah.
2: yeah like instantly i mean if you ask anyone that day i was late i was exhausted like it was a saturday and i was like no idea what was happening but i walked into that venue and it i was just like whoa i can't believe students did this and just having that support system of the other students around you and the faculty, I found so comforting and so interesting as well. Cause I'd never seen that in Dubai. I'd never hadn't seen that for the first two years either. Um, And just seeing that exists in Toronto and in Ryerson, I was like, I absolutely have to be a part of that. There's no way I'm not. And I also felt like I had, because of how much that helped me really get to know more people around the the program, I really felt like I had a responsibility to like, take it one step forward. So not only as a director of events, the next year after that, I was like, maybe we'll go president and that's just how it happened. I guess it just, it felt perfectly in place that way.
0: Yeah. And as you alluded to in 2019, you did become president of Mm RHDSS. And I had the honor of working under you.
2: Had the honor of working with you, both of you. You guys are like
1: some of the best colleagues
2: I've ever had. Oh, honestly, doing
1: yeah, joining the team that year was one of the best decisions or like things that happened to me. I think during my entire undergrad, like I hundred percent believe that, and I fully remember what happened was like Zara and I met each other at a networking event for Tour Radar. I want to say, yes and that was our first time meeting and then i was like so impressed because you were basically running on no sleep coming from like probably tiff or a wedding or some other event that you were organizing which we
0: will talk about later yes
1: on. um and then like probably a week later i bumped into you and you were going up the escalators and i was coming down and you were like i want to talk to you and i'm like okay i'm going to i'm going to talk to the president of rss that's cool and then you were like hey do oh, you want to no. like interview for the graphic designer
2: position and I was
1: like yes (laughs) this is this is I remember all of this like very well
2: (laughs) well honestly I saw something in you I did not believe you were a first year and I did not believe that you were I think 18 at that point I was like there's no way because I remember you were so well spoken and so like you knew what you wanted and you really just went for it. Like in my first year, I didn't know anyone. I didn't speak to anyone. I didn't do anything. I got 11 hours that whole year. But you, you just saw and you went for it. And I was like, I need her on my team. I don't remember how, but I remember just thinking, I need her on my team.
0: So how was your experience as president of the Student Society? Because like you said earlier, you felt that you had that responsibility
2: mm-hmm. to
0: elevate what the Student Society is.
2: Yeah. I really felt like going in as a director of events, I really felt like I was just, you know, working the program and just going through it, going through the motions just as any other year did. But because I'd already been to a couple of events, especially towards the end of my second year, um, I didn't want it to be repetitive. And so experientially, I feel like it gave me a lot of experience with more creative thinking and trying to understand how to make the same events that everyone is, very familiar with different. And I feel like definitely, you know, it was a struggle. It was definitely, it was was a work in progress uh, doing that. But honestly, I enjoyed it and I I wouldn't spend that year doing anything else knowing what I know now. It gave me so much experience and so much um, just time to reflect on who I am as a student and as a manager, and also still as like an employee technically. Um, so I don't know. And as event planner as well, because doing that, doing, doing presidency in my final year, like it really gave me like this, this, uh, I would say a, a look of what it's like to work in the real world. Like no one cares what you're doing. No one cares if you fail. And like, if I fail academically, my own problem, if I fail, as a president, like it's everyone's problem. So I really had to choose what I wanted to focus on, which was the same thing that I also um, experienced when I was studying here coming back. So it really gave me that little bit of insight into what I wanted to prioritize that I actually didn't expect at all. So I really enjoyed, you know, that year. Um, I would definitely change a few things knowing what I know now, but not the fact that I did that. Yeah,
0: for sure. Awesome. Well, aside from um, your two stints on CSS during um, your time at Ryerson, you also mm-hmm. had um, some jobs on the side. The first one I find interesting was the Toronto Christmas Market mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. 2017.
2: Yes. Tell us a little <laughs>
0: bit about that.
2: Um, so the reason I joined the Toronto Christmas Market was actually, it was for the hours, but the reason I chose the Christmas Market was because I had always had an emotional relationship to it. It is the last place I hung out with my grandfather before he passed in 2015, 2016. Whoops. Um, And so when I heard that they were hiring, I was actually in Dubai at the time. And I got that notification. I was like, yes, absolutely. Like, I will put my heart and soul into making sure that everyone there has the same, like, Christmassy, magical experience that I had. Because it was my first time ever when I went with him uh for a winter especially because like here winter is like 24 degrees and going there it was like december it was like we know what it gets in the distillery district um so everyone there really just made my experience so amazing and magical that i would really never forget it so i was like i'm going to reflect that i'm going to you know do that for others so i was there i was admissions agent I did that, I believe, two years in a row just because, oh, it brought me so much joy. Like, sure, you're working long hours. It's very cold. But just the people you get to meet and, like, the spirit that most families come there with is just, it's, you can't compare it to anything else. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. It was, I get it. It was a very interesting choice. and I I didn't know you had that. like
0: sentimental connection
2: yeah oh my god i love the short christmas market like sentimentally yeah
0: oh and just to clarify for listeners like you you have family in toronto so i guess that's that's also why you chose to study
2: a little bit yeah i definitely knew i didn't want to study in dubai because i wanted to just explore a little more than i've ever had the chance to before but yeah i i had family there so that's why i chose canada specifically
0: So moving on from the Christmas market, you leveled up, you know, you moved on to the Toronto International Film Festival.
2: Yes. (laughs) So talk
0: about your role there and what were you doing
2: there? Absolutely. I joined as a volunteer in my second year, 2017 and to be honest oh, so it
0: was simultaneous with christmas market
2: yeah oh yeah oh, i don't so think i've like ever a, done okay. one thing at a time no never no, <laughs> done one thing at a time um yeah so it was immediately after the christmas market sorry the toronto international film festival it was like the beginning of school and then it was midterms and it was boom christmas so yeah just one after another for sure but i joined as a as a volunteer because i love film and i love especially, you know, getting to interact with, you know, high-class talent, not going to lie. That was a a huge part of my motivation. I was like, I'm going to see Adam Driver. I'm going to take a photo with him. That was like, that was the goal of the day. Um, But I honestly, when I was there day in, day out, I loved the people. It was the people, especially the volunteers who like, they're owed nothing. They only get maybe cheers every once an audience, you know? That's all they get, but they're so driven and so motivated. And being a part of that was so amazing. I mean, you're exhausted. You're all you get out of it is an orange t-shirt, but everyone's so happy to be there. Um, And so I decided I was also going to put my all into it. And the very next year as they were hiring, I received uh, an email from someone who had been supervising me as a volunteer. And they're like, we want you to come on. Like, seasonally we want to hire you and i was like sure no worries I'll, just, I'll do the same thing but get paid i was <laughs> so down but then they moved me up to front of house assistant um so i was working in the red carpet for the elgin theater um Elgin in the winter and yeah after that i was like i'm gonna do this every single year if i'm in toronto i'm doing it every single year i don't care if i have to take like annual to you know off my job i don't care if it's the beginning of classes i'm gonna be there absolutely every single year
0: Nice. So, um, I just have to ask, I'm sorry, did you meet any famous people?
2: <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I didn't have any, I don't have any photos with them, but I'd say my favorite people to meet were Natalie Portman and Angelina Jolie. They're both so like, they're so nice.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's nice to hear. So, you know, you were working at TIFF, RCSs, mm-hmm. going to school, thriving, and then... <laughs> March 2020 came
2: Uh, yes when
0: everything shut down March
2: 2020 yeah
0: so obviously that was a tough time for Mm -hmm. everyone
2: but Mm -hmm. as an
0: international student
2: yes
0: being far far away Mm -hmm. from home yeah like I know you you do have family here but it's not the same so how were you feeling then and like how did you navigate having to like go back home Mm
2: -hmm. so
0: quickly Even before you finished your undergrad?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, a lot of my stuff is still in Canada. Not gonna (laughs) lie. Like, if you're gonna mug a house, uh, you know where I live. (laughs) So, um, yeah, a lot of my stuff is still there. We really had to rush out. But I think, honestly, I'm gonna go back to the faculty on this one they made the process so much smoother. Like I didn't know where I was going to be the very next day, but I remember receiving a call from the embassy and they were like, you need to go home right now. Um, my parents weren't here with me. It was just me and my sisters and we were scared, uh, of, you know, never coming back to Toronto or maybe, you know, losing all the progress we'd made through the year. Um, cause I wasn't going to do fourth year again. So yeah, yeah for sure. It was, a, it was a really weird and scary time, but I remember speaking to the faculty and they were very reassuring they explained that while we really don't know what's happening as long as you know we keep in touch everything was going to be fine and it really helps that all of the professors as well um were very um flexible with what was happening like our i remember our assignments got reduced and um you know they were very understanding, obviously, with the whole situation, and everyone was so nice about it. And it was just very easy to transition. I remember being on the plane, thinking, "Wow, fourth year hospitality and tourism. This is an empty plane. What did I just do with my degree?" <laughs> like I remember thinking, "Holy crap!" Um, but no, it was a very, it was a very good experience. I remember finishing, um, finishing my degree in this very bedroom. Just on a random Wednesday, then graduating in this house and yeah, but everyone made it such a, such a a smooth transition and a very good experience that, um, I regret some others haven't had the same opportunity to have the same experience, uh, with such a scary move, but I really appreciate how it happened for me at least. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's nice to hear that you had that support system through all of this. Um, so moving back to Dubai, you still had to finish school but you had the challenge of doing it with an eight hour time time
2: difference difference. yeah yeah were
0: you like writing exams at like 7 a.m yeah oh
2: no like 5 a.m like i remember so 5 p.m in toronto is 2 a.m here and i had a six to nine (laughs) and you had to do it you know i was still in toronto time anyways and i remember maybe we got a couple of days off uh, just to get used to it but, uh, yeah, I was here. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning doing some exams sometimes. And it, just, it had just – it is what it is. Um, but I really – like, it was an interesting experience. I mean, especially getting to still see so many familiar faces online um, because we had that option. Um, yeah, it, was, it really helped. Uh, you know, being in Dubai but seeing Canadian faces, being on Canadian time, it was a little trippy, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we got through it. So you
1: finished your degree Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I remember this time we I think we all hopped on a call a couple times Mm -hmm. and everything was just so unknown. So how did you decide on your next step which was pursuing your master's? Oh I did not decide.
2: I did not decide (laughs) for a very long time. I remember I graduated in June and I started my MBA in September. And I just remember in those couple of months in between thinking what my next steps were going to be. And to be honest, I never thought in a million years that I would pursue further education. Because I was like, I'm done. I'm done with assignments. Thank goodness we're done. No more exams. No more professors. Like, I love our professors, but I was like, please, I'm done. Um, Especially not within the same year. I definitely would not have expected that at all. But as I was thinking about what my next move had to be, I saw that, you know, sometimes you just have to take matters into your own hands. No one is hiring. I tried. Um, and so I was like, how am I going to keep myself relevant in, you know, a world where everyone's in the same stage? Everyone just graduated online. How do I stand out? How do I make myself so useful by the time COVID is over? And I looked into, you know, a different sort of, I first considered maybe doing a second
1: uh, bachelor's
2: just in something you know, a little bit different. Um, I didn't really decide what it was going to be, but then I just came across this random MBA program for international hospitality management. I was like, you know what? Loved it the first time go again. So that's pretty much how it happened. I looked at all the courses and I was like, this is definitely helpful. I mean, I was never a stellar student in finance and I was like, this is my time to redeem myself. So I I sat down with the recruiters and I was like, how do you approach, you know, all these different subjects and how does that actually, you know, add a bigger construction to the foundation I already have. And they were very nice. Um, The Emirates Academy of Hospitality Management in Dubai. They were very, very good with it. And they were very understanding of obviously the situation that we were in. And they, you know, took me right away. Like I remember enrolling September 11th, September 14th. I was like in my first class. Wow. So yeah, it was really fast. It was really like a spur of the moment decision. Apparently I'm, I'm reflecting a lot of my things, my, lot of my, <laughs> just spur of the moment. Um, but no, I mean, I Honestly, guess.
0: Just... Yeah. But sometimes, every, sorry.
2: No, I was just gonna say everything turned out well for you. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: sometimes you just have to rip the bandit off. Don't, don't think about it, right?
2: Honestly, um, yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah, so you have a masters in I'll hospitality. I'll
2: just finish in hospitality. this September. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we were talking about this in a previous episode about how now, like, more and more masters and graduate programs are coming out for hospitality,
2: mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. like,
0: before was pretty unheard of.
2: Yeah. So.
0: Now that you have um, yeah. finished a program uh, similar to that, um, do you think it was beneficial? Oh, like, absolutely. do you think it was, like it helped you in your mm-hmm. career?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I remember the one of the last projects I did at Ryerson was that simulation where it mm-hmm. really teaches you how to run a hotel, um, but for more of an operational standpoint. So, do having an MBA now in in hospitality has that just added layer of, okay, now you actually are the manager, here are human resources issues, here are financial issues, and here are, you know, other issues, and they're not operational at all, they're more like, you know, critically based. Um, so yeah, definitely it was, it was definitely, I think, worth looking into that program, and definitely worth finishing it, because it just adds like a different, different perspective to the whole thing, for sure.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So now with two degrees in hospitality, mm-hmm. this industry is like coursing through your veins right now it's at this point. <laughs> like, I,
2: yeah. All hospitality. Like you know it
0: like inside and out. <laughs> um, so, you know, so now you've landed a new position with anyway. um, a very unique uh, event or company, I should yeah. say, uh, yeah. Expo Dubai 2020. Yes. Expo um,
2: Expo honestly, it makes me feel like all of the the stress and the, the events and all my experience, everything really just came together to bring me Expo. Like I remember, I had applied like months before I even heard anything, but I got a random call from a recruiter, and he was like, "Well, I looked at your profile. We're not hiring at the moment, but wow!" And I was like thank you
1: um
2: he was like do you mind if like we do a little interview just you know proactively and i was like yeah absolutely so just for a random tuesday he called me up i did like an interview in my pajamas and um, he was like okay good stuff good stuff and then he hung up and i was like oh, <laughs> oh. like absolutely not gonna get it <laughs> um, like i blundered that one uh i didn't speak to anyone for like six months now you know i forgot how to sp- how to speak so not getting it that's fine And i came to terms with that and this is, like, I had, I believe, just started, yeah, the the MBA program. Um, so, yeah, I was, like, okay, focus on what you're doing. You don't need a job. You know, you're still working at something. So I was satisfied with that. But then, again, in uh, February, I got another call from the same guy, and he was, like, guess what? We're hiring, and we want you. And I was, like, oh, crap. Okay, sure. Give <laughs> um, me like, a list of open positions. And he's, like, these are what I'm considering you for rank them and at the same time we're going to schedule an interview for you with two managers um who both looked into your case and are interested and i was like okay sweet um and so i'm happy to say that the one i ranked the first is the one that i ended up getting um because honestly my manager bless her heart is so amazing um and the conversation we had during that interview i don't think i would compare it to anything else in this world like it just clicked again, it just clicked. Um, And I was like, I don't know which of these roles you know, that I have chosen apply to you. And I don't know what you manage, but I want you as a manager. And it just happened to be exactly my first choice was the one that she was managing. So it just really fell into place so nicely. Um, but yeah, I am happy to say that the event started as of October 1st, um, and it's really putting all of my experience into perspective and all of my degrees into perspective because I'm finding myself applying things I never even thought I would. Um, so yeah, I just think it worked out pretty nicely, I would say.
0: So your role at Expo is Mm -hmm. leadership protocol coordinator.
2: Coordinator, yes. So... Let me explain what that means. Let me explain what that means. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No worries, no worries. So I work in a venue called the Leadership Pavilion, and in Expo we have um, 192 countries worth of pavilions, and then we have the partnerships, and then some specialty ones. So of the specialty ones, we have the Leadership Pavilion, in which we welcome uh, some high-profile guests um, of international. Uh, regard, and I'm happy to say I'm a protocol officer with them, a protocol coordinator um, for that pavilion specifically. So my role is actually the hospitality coordinator. Um, so there I work with, exactly. I work with the hospitality provider um, to you know give our guests you know the highest service and the highest degree of hospitality that you know we have to offer at Expo. So yeah, really glad to say it worked out well, (laughs) it really did uh, put everything into good use for sure. So what does a, I know
1: it's probably varying because it's event based, but what does a typical day actually look like in,
2: in your role? Yeah, no worries. That's good. Take a second. (laughs) Um, So, okay. Every day is different. You're absolutely right about that. Um, so we have what we call national days for all of those, um, you know, 192 countries that we're, we're partnered up with for Expo, and every day, um, each of those countries is given a national day. Whether or not it's their, you know, actual local national day, uh, at Expo we celebrate each country individually. So if there is a national day that day. Uh, my team and I are focused on, you know, welcoming those higher profile guests through our building um, and just facilitating the success of, of those national days. Um, so the roles that we each have during uh, those events can vary. So we take turns, you know, working with the hospitality team and then otherwise um, on a more protocol basis, working with the guest directly in which we, you know, show them around the venue, we explain, you know, the expo, we, you know, guide them through their entire journey of the day of the event. Um, so yeah, that's, but then if we don't have a national day, you know, we we're there, you know, doing the behind the scenes work where we're, you know, setting up everything for the next day or, you know, just answering some very long-winded emails, you know, stuff like that, just, you know, we do both the planning and the execution simultaneously. And there's always someone doing either um, and I'm, it's, it's a big pavilion and it's a, it's a big operation. So I, I'm just glad to be surrounded by a team that really just knows what they're doing and is really good at what they do as well. Um, but yeah, we really, my manager likes to say that we're not a hierarchy, we're a circle. Um, we each take our turn, you know, asking for what we need and then delivering what the other needs. And I really like that ideology um so every day we really take turns with the roles um just to ensure the whole whole operation is smooth yeah
0: we're not a hierarchy we're a circle
2: yeah i really like that, that, that
0: but that's a really good outlook on
2: yeah on yeah your relationship I mean, you really is she has a hierarchy over us like significantly but she's like nope we're a circle and we're gonna take our turns you know with with the team there's no you know there's no manager here we all work together and we work out a circle and i really i really appreciated that yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. all
0: right so now having worked in the hospitality field in toronto and dubai
2: mm-hmm.
0: um are there any differences that are yeah. pretty you know substantial yeah. or like is it just mm-hmm. kind of like more of the same even though it's like halfway across mm-hmm. the world
2: I'm going to compare the two things that I've done both in Dubai and in Toronto that are the most similar. And I would say that's wedding planning. Um, So I would say wedding planning in Toronto is definitely, you get a package of things. There's a straightforward uh, standard practice, which essentially means. If there's a formula
0: want, for everything
2: yeah exactly yeah. you want like a high profile wedding these are your suppliers you want mid these are your Look, like everything it's not easy obviously but it's um there's a standard to it in dubai all we know is bigger than the next and i'm really <laughs> i i love that honestly um it's a challenge every single time and i remember i i hadn't planned a whole wedding but i did an engagement party here and um it was we're just trying to find how to do bigger than, you know, our previous event um, and finding the correct suppliers for that. And here, every single event is completely different. Sure, in Toronto as well, but you'll see some similarities, you'll see trends. Here, trends don't work. It's what she wants and what he wants, what the family wants. Um, I would say definitely the people who get involved, like the degree in which people are involved, is also very different in Dubai you have a lot more people uh, with their input into what they would like their event to look like. Um, Whereas in Canada, from my personal experience, I've had one point of contact, maximum two or three. Um, But here, like, you're getting information from everywhere and you have to make it work. That's just one of the primary differences that I've seen. Yeah.
0: So I think, I guess the biggest takeaway is that in Toronto, it's Mm -hmm. more like events are following the trends. But in Dubai, it's like we're setting the bar we're setting the trends
2: yeah we're i would say i mean mm-hmm. we definitely have seen trendsetters in toronto um uh, but if we're looking at more of an average basis yeah it's it's following trends interesting
1: good to know yeah.
0: i can see where you get your big ideas from when you're
1: <laughs> oh my goodness that <laughs> i fully believe <laughs>
2: For sure. In Canada, I remember coming to class, like, dressed in a full blazer, heels, everything, and, like, someone walked by in sweatpants, and I was like, what? i have to say, at the end of my four years, I was also the ugliest. So, the in my baggiest sweatpants, running shoes, sunglasses, you don't know who I am. Um, that, that happens, but, like, that was also like a a biggest part of like the culture shock was like oh we don't dress up to go to the mall here Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was so comforting to know that within a couple of years that there's no pressure it doesn't matter how you look um yeah but it was it was definitely a difference for sure
0: all right well we could talk to you for like hours Mm -hmm. and catch up Mm -hmm. but we know uh,
1: before. <laughs> yeah,
0: we do have to wrap things up. No But Don't before worry. you go, uh, there's a little game that Chantel likes to play with all our guests. Yeah. It's just a little this or that rapid fire.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. So, okay.
1: stay Here we going go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. Hotel or Airbnb? Hotel.
2: <laughs> dine Sorry. in or take out. Ooh, dine in coffee or tea? Tea. Well, Music well. or
1: podcast? <laughs> Pardon? Music, of course. Are you a morning are you a morning bird or a night owl? Night owl. That one I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer the city lights or the countryside? Oh, city. Oof, city. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer a night in or a night out? Night in.
2: And final question, mm-hmm. Toronto or Dubai? Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm here now. So I can't say the wrong thing, for Toronto. Dubai.
0: Yeah. we have your stuff. So
2: Drew, give me my stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: So we've hit that rewind button. So let's fast forward. Where do you see yourself in about five years time?
2: Oh, okay. Um, I have been thinking about this recently, as you know, Expo is coming to an Hopefully end. Hopefully, back Very- in Toronto. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, definitely. that was my answer. I'm thinking if I'm gonna stay in Dubai, I'm looking at being a wedding planner. Um, either that, or um, I want to join Dubai Tourism, which is our local DMO, um, and they they honestly plan the best events and they really keep the the whole Dubai. Uh, engaged I really enjoy that and that's I want to be a part of that but if I were to come back to Toronto I'm doing fashion entertainment for the rest of my life like no two ways about really it I really yeah. enjoyed exactly I really enjoyed the opportunities that just just being at Ryerson gave me so I wanted to explore more of how I would be like as a solo traveler to you know fashion and entertainment events were my life in Toronto and I, I really want to explore that a little bit more and I'm sorry that's not like a clear answer but it depends on where I end up I feel like I have no that's totally fine yeah Yeah.
0: Uh, and finally uh, what is one piece of advice you would give to any student studying hospitality right now
2: this one's easy get involved get involved as soon as you can like I never was the kind of person to even think about belonging to like some student group or anything I always like looked at them I was like okay who has the time but um no get involved I wouldn't say not in your first year because I, would, I really enjoyed that I had that time to understand who I was in university because it was very different to who I was in high school. Um, so get to know how you interact with uh, university first. By your second year, try to get to know more people in groups rather than on an individual basis because you, you never know where you're going to go. and You never know who you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and those student groups, the ones who get involved, are the ones that are really, really passionate about you know, the program. And those are the people that are going to get far, and they're going to get you far, or vice versa. You never know. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely get involved for sure as soon as you can after yep. second year.
0: Yep, and there you have it. All right, yeah, there it is. Thank, thank you so much, Zara, nowhere. for being yeah, on RHA Rewind. It. Yeah, it was nice catching up. Uh, Good luck for everything in Dubai. Hope
2: to, hope to see you soon. Hope
0: to see you soon.
2: In person. Come to Dubai. Hope, Otherwise, as hope soon
0: as Expo I over, is a yeah, success. Thank you. Thank um, you. Uh, so we have Zara's uh, uh, info down at the bottom. If you want to follow her on LinkedIn, as well, check out um, Expo 2020 at the following socials below. Yeah. And as well, just a reminder, you can always follow uh, RHA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RHAA Ryerson, our website, and on LinkedIn, just her full name, as well as our YouTube. You can watch this episode instead of listening, if you prefer um and uh thanks for listening yeah see you guys
1: thanks for listening
0: bye